Hey, welcome to Straight Outta Content, episode four. Yes, episode four. <laughs> I'm your host, James Crignell. I'm Darian Lusk. And uh, we got a really fantastic show for Amazing you today. Amazing show today. There's a lot going on. Hold on tight, guys. You're going to freak out. You're going to flip. Uh, we've also got the fabulous Chendanak here. Thank you. Star of Nick and Knack from the short, the short-lived CBS News uh, web series. Search it up, guys. <laughs> we have a guest. It's Rob Martin. He's uh, an affiliate from Atlanta. He's uh, verified on Twitter. He's verified on Twitter. And, uh, he's the homepage editor for Weather.com. Pleasure to be here. That's our first ep of the season. We're gonna jump right in to a mainstay here on content, a fan fave. Problematic v woke. V-woke. More question from Ken Bone about uh, energy policy. Ken? What steps will your energy policy take to meet our energy needs while at the same time remaining environmentally friendly and minimizing job loss for fossil power plant workers? The second debate came up and the brand new meme was born. Just popped up overnight. And that meme is a man. And that man is named Ken Bone. Ken Bone was a, a guy who was an undecided voter. Um, during the second presidential yeah. debate, and <laughs> as soon as he like took the mic, like he became an instant star. Um, I mean, it, it's people... it's like a recipe recipe for for viral for virility because like this guy <laughs> he was dressed so iconically in this very bright red sweater, like was just so like asked such a fun question about the environment and like. His name is Ken Bone. I mean, like, it was such a nice moment of levity in the midst of, like, a, the fire that was the debate. It was just like a fire. So Yeah, uh, so like, this is, okay, so I read up a little bit more about Ken Bone. Ken Bone is a 34-year-old coal plant operator in Illinois. He's actually, according to the New York Times, a little closer to deciding after the debate. Like, when he came into the debate... When he came into the debate, he was, like, leaning towards Trump, and now he's leaning towards Hillary. I mean, his life has changed overnight. I mean, he's sort of like the woman with the Chewbacca mask. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he, he just is like, I, I'm sure he's going to be on an episode of Ellen, right? Like, this is recorded prior to that. I think his... I mean, yeah, he'll be on Ellen very soon. Can we talk about how he wore the sweater because he split his pants? I mean, yeah, he's so relatable. So he, he had this great CNN interview today where where it just couldn't have been better, right? You just love this guy because he's like, um, first of all, like my the only reason I wore the sweater because I ripped my pants. And, and let's play that. Um, let's play that right now. We're gonna play it. Okay. I had a really nice olive suit that I love a great deal, and my mother would have been very proud to see me wearing on television. But apparently, I've gained about 30 pounds, and when I went to get in my car the morning of the debate. I split the seat of my pants all the way open. Uh, so the red sweater is plan B. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's like just yeah, so wow. one of us, right? And then and then he was talking about how his Twitter has blown up. Uh, he went from like his only follower being his grandma uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, like one of his only followers to just being like a huge Twitter sensation. James, I you were talking about followers now. I, yeah, I was talking about how um, his very first tweet was a tweet to Ariana Grande, pop sensation. Um, he he says, 
You're a great positive role model for young girls and a big time talent. Never let some image maker or muckraker take that. <laughs> you know, just just a you know like such <laughs> a positive guy. I think you know like it seems like you know a good. He's like a role model for for us as well. You know, like I mean, so his red sweater. Like people figured out like what brand of sweater he bought was. <laughs> we figured it out, right? They they cracked the code. <laughs> now like it's like one of the like the top items I think maybe on Amazon.com. So everybody wants Christmas to get that. Gift this year. Number one Christmas they gift. Forget about actually. Forget the tickle me Elmo. It's all about Ken Bone's sweater. I also think like Ken Bone the Halloween costume is gonna be like <laughs> you know like the hottest thing. Everybody was like. It's going to be the Joker or Harley Quinn. No, it's Ken Bone. It's going to be Ken Bone, yeah. There's already been a Ken Bone backlash already. Like Gizmodo um, just wrote a takedown of Ken Bone. Actually, Ken Bone is bad by uh, Oh, wow. Sophie, well, that took, that took only five Sophie minutes. Kleeman, <laughs> Sophie Kleeman uh, jumped on the Ken Bone sucks hot take. She was just like kind of like going over all of the different uh, headlines, such as uh, the Ballad of Ken Bone, the winner of the presidential debates, Ken Bone. Ken Bone is the only honest man in this election. And she says, this, my friends, is all horseshit. Ken Bone isn't a hero. <laughs> Ken Bone took the nation's only shot asking a substantive question about the candidate's approach to science and energy and jauntily smothered it to death. <laughs> so, and then she just like kind of goes on about like how Ken Bone didn't mention climate change. <laughs> Well, Ken Bone didn't mention it's, it's climate a pretty change. Hot thing. He only it's cares about thing. energy because he has a job in energy. He's he wants to know about a job. It's not really about right. climate change or our energy policy. It was more personal. Right. Question. I mean, and I think I thought he like worded it like pretty well. I thought honestly, like he didn't he didn't say clean coal. He did a good job. Look, he I, asked this question. <laughs> he was an iconic un, un, undecided voter. We're ha- and it's great. It's great. He that ripped he, his like, pants. Little, I mean, come on. We got to cut him some slack. <laughs> We're all Ken Bone. Right? We're all Ken Bone. Yeah. We're all Ken Bone. Sometimes you We're rip your pants very woke. and you don't know what to say. Woke to Ken. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say woke. I'm gonna say all woke right, for I'll Ken him Bone. Woke. All right. Ken Bone. We have another meme that we need to lay into the dirt, and that's Pepe. We lost him. So what happened? I mean, can we talk about Pepe for a second? <laughs> Pepe, this friendly cartoon amphibian that, uh, you know, we like maybe in 2015 was just like this gleeful a meme that we shared amongst each other. He was a frog with feelings. A frog with feelings. Uh, he had more feelings than I think most memes have. Did you used to share him, like, amongst your friends? Often. Yeah. yeah. I know there was these things called Thank rare. You for, you for admitting that. And so, so. Well, wait. Like there was like rare Pepe's, right? Like is that you? Uh, there was like it was like the collectible Pepe's. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's always in like different forms, and he could be anything. But like his clothing largely determined what type of person he was in that meme. Like there was like Raver Pepe. Raver Pepe. Oh whoa! I saw a lot of Raver Pepe. <laughs> to be Rob, Rob was big on Raver Pepe in high school and college. Yeah. We, look, we've all been there. Oh no! But now the Southern Poverty Law Center like declared Pepe a symbol of hate. It's like hate groups like use him, and he's been featured in like a lot of like KKK propaganda. 
David Duke tweeted a picture of Pepe. Douchiest thing he's done yet. Yeah. It's very much about, it's very much like the Nazi symbol. It started off as a Buddhist symbol. Yeah, it started out as a beautiful sun. Yeah. (laughs) And now you can't even wear, I can't even wear my my Nazi symbols around anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta gotta send those back to uh, Forever 21 or what have you. I mean, what would we rather David Duke ruin? Like, I mean, is there like uh, Nickelback? If 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 like David Duke tweeted like like oh, check out my the hot this hot group Nickelback. Uh, let's leave Nickelback alone. Yeah, they've, come on. They've had James. enough. They've had enough. So I think we'll all say problematic on that. Problematic. Uh, our next topic is Donald Trump Jr. is really into the more cowbell sketch from SNL. That's what this is about. So, so Daniel Kibblesmith uh, tweeted a screen grab of all these different times he searched more cowbell on Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter, and like eight times he's tweeted about being into the re- he's like tweeted the reference. So like uh, so for instance, okay, so February eleventh, two thousand twelve, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, "This guy's playing the shaker can, which is like the Guns and Roses version of more cowbell." Christmas, Christmas 2011. Definitely more cowbell. Who is he tweeting to? Beach Tennis NCS. Are these, is this is this a... His, his sphere of influence. Then on May 2011, he tweeted, I've got a fever and the only cure is dot dot dot. More cowbell. Case closed. Good night, all. But then, but then, like, the same day, he was like, well, I'm glad some of you got this SNL cowbell reference. He doesn't think all of us know this reference already. This is an in reference. How many, how many Donald Trump Jr. followers were there in, like, 2011? (laughs) Like, like, was was Donald Trump Jr. in, like, 2011, like... You tell me, was he popping? Popular? Popping? So, and then... Well, this this could be... Not that there's anything wrong with five faves. These could be subsequent faves from, like, 2016, though. So, I mean, I I don't know, like... Okay. We don't know how many faves he got back then, but... And and so this tweet was tweeted with the caption, Oh, so he's this guy. Which is honestly such a good caption because it really brings to life, like, this persona of this guy who, like, definitely is way too at the fight club. Okay, so first of all, can we just talk about how this joke is from 2000? Like, Super dated ref. It's so dated. But it's one of those classic SNL skits that you can ref anytime. I mean, sure. I made shirts of this reference. Yeah, I bought one from oh, Urban like a week ago. <laughs> I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me, do you remember that episode of um, Aziz's show? Where like he has the date and the date keeps making this like really annoying reference to uh, South Park. She's doing the Cartman voice. She's doing the Cartman voice. This is probably like Donald Trump Jr. on a date, right? It's like, have you ever seen that SNL skit? Yeah, he's like a waiter. Oh, more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I think it's woke because, like, I mean, we all have like. We all have our references, like our go-to. I think Daniel Kibblesmith's woke for yes. finding this. Daniel's yeah. woke for Pro- putting this together. Props, it's a, it's a good props to Daniel Kibblesmith. Uh, iOS 10 is here. It's the future of Apple. And with that has come a whole new batch of emojis. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about them. What was once a gun is now a squirt gun. Um, like what was once twins... You know, the dancing twins? Yeah, they're skinnier. Now they're all skinny. And uh, Slate actually wrote an article. The emoji era is over. Thanks, Apple, is what Zoe Mendelson says. Emojis are too lifelike, I guess is the criticism, yeah. It seems they rounded them out a bit. I know a lot of people are complaining about the shape of their faces. Like, the new yeah. emojis. 
They look they like cool they all look like Dora with wigs. Yeah, and what about the rest of us who are an oval and not a round face? I, I feel discriminated against. What about the new frog? Doesn't the frog look like Pepe now? Maybe there's an alt-right uh, Apple <laughs> exec who's making some moves. Um, I think the new update has changed the grin grimace. Right? Do you know the one that, like, with the teeth? And then, like, have you guys seen the angel baby emoji? It's freaky. That one's very unsettling. It's really unsettling. <laughs> like, why the angel baby? Yeah. Uh, so, I guess we'll say, uh, I'm gonna say woke. Oh? I think it's the future, and I think it's fine. I mean, but there's still a lot of things that are missing. I don't think they have, um, do they have, like, a hijab emoji yet? I mean, I don't know if we've gotten there. Well, I mean, we have a turban emoji. Why wouldn't we have, like, a hijab emoji? I don't know. Like, that's just, I mean, I think that there's more that needs to be worked on this. Um, I agree. I so agree. I'm going to say, for now, I'm going to say problematic, because I think there's more that needs to be worked on. So, uh, next up. Um... Oh, mooning is the new ghosting. Ah, uh, yes. GQ brought a new term to light, uh, the term mooning. It's a way to ghost people using the new iPhone. James? So you remember how you used to get ghosted? Oh, do we ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Darian, hey, hey, hey. Like, you know what I mean? Do you want to go to the movies? Or like, what, what would we... <laughs> What's an example of that? Now, um, there's this feature on the iPhone where you can just um, switch someone on Do Not Disturb and... Like, it'll show, I think it looks like the, the texts are getting through from the sender. No, what it is, is it's the moon, the do not disturb. It came out on iOS 8, I think. Um, but it lets you put people on silence. And so text messages and calls don't come through to you during a certain hour. Okay, so let's say I try to send you a text message agenda um, and you put me on do not disturb. Like, would I see that, like, you had read it? Would you get, would I get a read? Is it a red receipt or a read receipt? So, so I wouldn't get it at all unless you're on my favorites list. On your favorites? So, yeah. I think that it, it doesn't come through at all unless they're one of your favorite people. Ghosting, <laughs> you should have to see all the texts you get. Like, <laughs> it's a consequence of owning a phone. Yeah. Wake up. You went to the store. <laughs> all right. You signed that document. You know what you did. You owe me a read. Yeah. <laughs> I say problematic, and you know what? What what happened to human contact? <laughs> I understand why there's a do not disturb feature. I mean, let's say you're in labor, or you know what I mean, or in like that, in that case, ghosting is cool. <laughs> like like, so like, like you're going through like major life changes, or um, EJ Dixon says if you're studying for the LSATs as an example when you would switch on do not disturb on your phone. Yeah, it is pretty cruel. I think I'm gonna say woke. I love not being disturbed because okay, look. Uh, for those of us who are old enough to remember a time before smartphones, um, people used to have to call your landline. If you were not home, you could not be reached. After hours, people didn't ring your, your house at midnight unless it was an emergency. So why are, are people texting you all hours of the day now? You just put your phone on airplane mode. <laughs> it's the same thing as mooning. I like what EJ said. Um, mooning doesn't necessarily have to be aimed at a romantic partner. You could moon anyone for any reason. A, a friend prone to drunk texting, 
or a particularly loquacious group text contributor who inexplicably sends Pepe memes at 5.30 in the morning. You could even moon a relative. In fact, my friend Doug told me he recently found out he was mooned by his mom. <laughs> oh, it just says, okay, so you can turn each individual onto do not disturb. So, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to say problematic. Face your, face your demons. It's 2016. Uh, let, let's talk about um, Tinder's partnering with Spotify. Yes. The powerhouse of our love life and the powerhouse of our music lives have merged into one app. Uh, so now you can put a Spotify song that you think represents yourself onto your Tinder account. Like, I'm just going to flat out say it. That is woke. Because I think, like, <laughs> I just think music helps people show their personalities. And, like, if you like the same music as me, we're going to vibe way harder. So I think it's cool. So wait, wait, hold on. Can you explain this to me? So you're on Tinder. And a profile comes up and it has music on it now? Oh no, that sounds like MySpace. That's like MySpace, right? Like, how does it. I don't think it plays automatically. But like, I think that's a little bit different, though, because, like, I want someone to have a mood. It's like. It's like, it's like the song you used to play on your MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had to hear it when they visited your page. But I don't think it plays automatically. I think it can link. It links out, right? It gives them a choice to open their Spotify app and then play it. Yeah. Wow. The boy who said woke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know what you're you're getting into when you said woke, uh, Darian? I never do. It's can we can we download it? Can we see it in action? Does somebody oh, have it? Who has it? Do you it's have it? There. Do, do, do you have it, uh, Rob? We can check it out. Oh, it. you have it. Do you have it? Is this, is it already uh, integrated? Uh, yeah. So you have an anthem, and it, it selects one for you. If you don't, okay. you select your own. It's made one dance by Drake, my anthem, right now. Okay. And you can play it within the app, it looks like. Yes. Okay, so let's play it. Let's play it. You get a, oh. you get a sample of it in the app. Oh, okay. I like that. And it shows your top Spotify artists, too. It feels like a, la- a last, yeah, a last I, FM kind of vibe. Also, it's upon, optional, bro. Upon first it's <laughs> optional, so that's up to you if you think your taste request. If this were more customizable, I think I'd be into it, but upon first glance, it's bringing up a lot of embarrassment. Can I see? I Can I see what it looks like? Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an artist, but like it uses the Suicide Squad. What? You're listening to that with Sleep the Drag on the Come rag. On. Can I see what it looks like? Yeah. I'm going to swipe right on everybody. Okay. I know you can change your anthem, oh, and I like I the idea. Oh, I see. Look at that. Okay, so let's say. Okay, so. Um, All right, I like it. It, it does look nice. I can't believe it took us four episodes to be swiping live on Tinder. On the show. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that not a lot of people have it connected yet. At least. Yeah. Well, don't just swipe left because they don't have it. I mean, these. Yeah. What if they're a nice be... person? These these are valuable swipes, and I need to save them <laughs> for another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You only get limited swipes a day, you can't start. If someone has the same song as you, I feel like you shouldn't even get a choice. It should be an instant swipe. Wow, somebody else has one dance? So unique. (laughs) I don't understand why I didn't get to choose. It just defaulted me to one dance. Is that your most played song on Spotify? Absolutely not. Probably America's most played song right now. It could be. Mm Well, anyway, so, I think I think it's woke because it's optional, and I wo- I'm a big proponent of Spotify, so I think it's very cool. In a first date scenario, whether it's through Tinder, another dating app, or just like organic, like how dating used to be, I think music would be a topic that would come up on the first date regardless. So to put that into the app, and if a lot enough people are already like 
relying on this app to find you know potential mates or whatever, then I think it's woke because this is something you're going to talk about anyway, and it's just another way of like cutting that corner of the conversation. I, I don't know. Or, or giving you something you know you could talk about once you IRL. Right. You don't have to wonder just based on their appearance what kind of music they're into. You get to know. There you go. Nice job. <laughs> uh, so I say woke. And let's, let's say, what would everybody's song be? Um, Careless Whisper by Wham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love 80s throwbacks. What would you say, Chenda? What's your... Uh, What's your top song? Oh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Kiki. Oh, oh my god, nice. that's right. Don't Go Breaking My Heart. I'm just going to go ahead and say it would be Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, No Basic by Future. Oh. Great sesh. Uh, we're we're going to be back with uh, Sausage Fest from our dear Chenda. Woo-hoo. We're going to take the patriarchy to task. Stay tuned. Uh, and we're back. Uh, thank you for waiting it out. Uh, we have Chenda here, uh, and this thing blew up. It's the, the the headline of it is why I'll, I'll never date a feminist uh, ever. 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 Uh, so Chenda, let's discuss. All right, let's just talk about the content inside of this article. So he argues that uh, a couple couple problematic things. I'm just going to start off with at the jump. He disagrees that there's a culture of rape on college campuses. He disagrees that the patriarchy is keeping women oppressed in every facet of their lives. Uh, His lead sentence is, if you look, (laughs) his lead sentence is, if you look for a reason to hate men, chances are you're going to find it. Just did. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so first of all, and then he goes on to argue his argument. The, I'll give you the nut graph. So, in any case, so when it comes to dating, he says he won't date a feminist because he feels that f- feminism is destroying relationships. Let me find the key quote here. People who are more loyal to their gender and are not... People who are more loyal to their gender and not their significant other don't make good partners. What does that even mean? More loyal to your gender. That means if you're gay. (laughs) (laughs) You're gay, bro. I mean, but like loyal how? Loyal what? I don't even know what this means. And what makes it even more problematic is that this is published in um, the St. Joseph News Press part of their newspaper called josephine which is like the women's section so this is an obvious troll to the women that read this like insert well okay so here's the thing the editor apparently did not read the article before it went live um according to uh kristen hare at pointer she interviewed the editor of the uh, news press and said that uh, he didn't read it and so she asked what what would he have changed and here's this quote quote I probably would have had to rewrite it. There's a large picture of Dave Hahn <laughs> in this article, and I just want to point out the similarities to Dave Hahn and comedian Brian Posehn. 
I think he was just trying to make a mark and trying to get controversial. Why would you publish an article like that in the women's part of a, yeah, a magazine? Yeah, he's probably sick to hang out with. He's probably <laughs> like, what are we, who are we kidding? Who wouldn't go on a date with this guy? <laughs> His Spotify Tinder <laughs> selection is great, guys. It's one dance. <laughs> uh, I mean, anyway, like... It's a mess. It's He's a hot mess. Yeah. A lot of people in the newsroom did disagree with it. However, the article still went up. He's employed by that newspaper. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Uh, so, right. honestly, it might be on the newspaper that they are, like, giving him this platform to just be this terrible man. They got one million clicks out of this. And he got dragged on the internet so hard. Have you guys seen the buy now button next to his name? What does that mean? What is that? I just clicked it to see what happens. <laughs> you can order portraits of Brian. No. You can guys, order stop. portraits of him. We have stop. to order one. You can order. Oh look! Look! Look at this! You can get a thirty by forty matte finish for seventy five ninety five. I'm willing to chip in. <laughs> Guys, we're gonna order one for content. That's it. I mean, I mean we could just pay sure. for it. <laughs> there are even holiday products you can get a ho uh, an ornament with his photo in it this is gonna be great next to my jacob sartorius poster that i ordered a couple days ago i can't wait guys So yeah, so we'd like to welcome to the, the show uh, Peter Stern, who is a media reporter at Politico, and um, he has broken a lot of big scoops the last couple weeks. Um, we've been really like you know watching the media world pretty closely, like, and it seems like a lot of the new um, online startups like Mike and Daily Dot and a lot of like Mike, great <laughs> film unrelated. <laughs> Um, a lot of them have been, um, I guess, like having some layoffs and have been still trying to struggle to, you know, make it, you know, to, to, to kind of compete with the big dogs, like a lot of the legacy media companies. Um, I mean, have, have you been noticing a trend, uh, like just ha this happening to a lot of, of upstarts? Um, upstarts? I, I don't think it's just upstarts. I think that all kinds of media organizations are having issues. You have upstarts like Mike and the Daily Dot. I mean, the Daily Dot just laid off 40% of their staff across the company. And then you also have legacy organizations like The Guardian. I suppose you could consider The Guardian's U.S. operation to be a startup since it's only five years old. But The Guardian, sort of the parent organization, is, you know, like 150 years old, the British newspaper. And mm -hmm. they just announced that they need to lay off 30% of staff in the U.S., as well as twenty percent back in England. Um, also, how about uh, what's how, what's going on with with Vice? Like it seemed like um, I know they they started a new uh, TV network, Viceland. I mean, the thing with Viceland is that uh, the idea, the way it was pitched, or the way that Shane Smith pitched it to people, is that uh, because Vice had so much authority with millennials, he could get millennials to go back to TV. You know, a lot of people were watching these Vice documentaries online. Mm -hmm. And so the hope was that, well, now they can have Vice shows on TV. People will go back to watching cable. It didn't really happen. Uh, Viceland's ratings have been very low. For a while, they were not even rated by Nielsen. Now, uh, I think the first Nielsen ratings did come out. And uh, 
it's relatively low. I believe uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that Viceland attracted around 45,000 viewers under the age of 50. Oh, wow. That's not a lot. <laughs> so it seems like uh, like reruns of like the Golden Girls or things like that, right? Would would yeah. probably you could almost just like accidentally watch something more, <laughs> right? Oh man, that's that's really disappointing to hear, especially because I mean I was I, I was pretty excited about some of the the programming they had. I mean the Action Bronson like food show. I mean that sounded pretty pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't think the programming is bad. I think the issue is just that. Uh, the kind of people who Vice is targeting, millennials, right. they don't watch cable. Oh. I mean, I, I think they probably do um, watch like premium cable. You know, they watch Game of Thrones on HBO. They have HBO Go. Um, right. And so they're probably watching Vice's HBO shows. Um, you know, Vice is about to start a new daily news show on HBO. And I imagine that will get a decent amount of viewership. Peter, we want to ask you. We know you're a big fan of cats. I um, am. What do you think is? What do you think is the? Do you think there's a strong correlation between media people and their cat and cats? Like, do you think we have more cats? I, I absolutely do, and especially in New York. You know, the New York media scene and cats. There's definitely a high sort of correlation, and partly I think that's because it's easier to have a cat than a dog in the city. Yeah, and especially if you work in an industry where you're not home a lot of the time and you don't make enough money to pay a dog walker you can't really have a dog and cats are just i don't know they're interesting animals they do lots of crazy things and you can you know take videos of them and put them on the internet I mean, BuzzFeed has sort of made them like they're almost like the mascot of the oh, site almost. of the internet. Of the, really. It's really the mascot of the internet, I guess. Um, but you yeah, know, that really good um, exhibit. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I wanted to. An exhibit at the Museum of the Moving Image uh, about cats and the internet. Oh, cool. Oh, and they, they, they kind of chronicle like how they become such an intricate yeah. or integral uh, part of. Um, the internet, they're, of our, the culture, I guess. Yeah, the internet culture. Yeah, they're they're, but it's done now. <laughs> I believe the exhibit is. They, they, the cats are still important to internet culture. No, no, no. I think the exhibit is done. Now. I don't. Cats are not over. Cats are not over. <laughs> yeah, let it be known. Do you guys, do you guys follow my cat on Twitter? I, I I'm a I, I follow um, you pretty closely as most I think New York City media people, and I've noticed that um that you do post um yeah like does does your cat have its own twitter or is it he does oh he it does is. all right let's yeah. plug that what's what's it's, your cat's twitter it's twitter.com slash hunter the kitten hunter the kitten cool yeah. guys follow hunter the kitten and follow peter stern on twitter both <laughs> solid follows that, that'll increase your quality of content um so i saw that um something that i thought was really cool was that you broke a story um when you were on vacation yes. in Iceland recently <laughs> I did I I went um it was my birthday on August 27th and I left for like a 10 day uh trip to Iceland with my family we went all around the island it's actually a pretty small island yeah like 300,000 people and and like a lot of like you did the ring road tour yeah yeah and cool. so I tried not to like 
log into Twitter too much. So I was like, I'm on vacation. You know, I don't want to do too much work. But, um, you know, I was checking occasionally whenever I had Wi-Fi in the hotels. And I saw that I had gotten a DM from someone who said that um, uh, this editor at Mike, E.J. Dixon, who is like the head of their relationships vertical and who is, you know, kind of a friend, someone I knew, had been laid off along with her entire section. And so I, you know, I heard about this DM from someone. And so I reached out to people at Mike to like verify it. And, um, you know, they confirmed that, yes, like a few hours after she wrote a post, they just kind of escorted her out and said, you know, that's it. Sorry. And it was really bad because she had just gotten married and she was four months pregnant at the time. Oh my God. This, I, I thought that even though I was on vacation, I wanted to, you know, break this news. So I tweeted about it and then put it in our uh, morning media newsletter. That really blew up. I mean, I think that was, I mean, amongst like the New York media scene, that, uh, that bit of news. Um, And I mean, I get the whole vertical, like, like, I mean, mean, the whole vertical was like EJ and two writers. It wasn't uh, like they laid off, you know, 50 people. But the reason that I think it really blew up is because it's a bad way to treat your employees. To just kind of cut them with no notice when they're pregnant. Like, at least give some, I mean, and even like if you're like letting someone go, I mean, don't you typically give them like two weeks? I don't know. Or, is, or, or some sort of like, like yeah, like some kind of package. Like, offering. like you get, like, I mean, do you, were you, did they say that they got a severance deal with that? Or, I mean, I think that was being negotiated. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think like Still to just like escort someone out. Escort someone out. I know that's bad news. Crazy. Um, and that's in the World Trade Center, right, where their offices are, right? Yeah, that's where they moved to. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I, I still think that was an incredible like scoop that you got. And um, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I got it the way I get most of my scoops. Just most of your scoops are through Twitter DMs? A, a lot are through Twitter DMs or texts or emails. I mean, especially whenever it's like a layoff uh, mm-hmm. scoop. That usually comes because people are like, oh, hey, you know, Peter, just wanted to let you know, management called a weird meeting at noon on like really short notice and we all have to be there so maybe it's layoffs and then you know i start talking to people like that's what happened with the guardian there was like there was this mysterious meeting called and so i was talking to people and then i was in touch with people while the meeting was going on and when they were like yes they just announced that you know we were four million in the hole so they need to lay off a bunch of people like i was ready to publish immediately do you have a favorite? I mean, that's. I mean, the layoffs and uh, things like that are, are kind of bleak. I don't know if you have a particular favorite scoop that you that you got first. You know, that was. Yeah. You know, like that. You know, made you feel good and uh, was um, in the in the world of media. I don't, I don't know if you recall. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a scoop, but my ongoing coverage of everything that happened at Gawker is definitely sort of the story I'm most proud of. Um, everything with the crazy Hulk Hogan lawsuit, with the union drive, with the controversial decision to take down a post last year, and then the Hogan trial and Gawker losing at trial and trying to appeal and declaring bankruptcy, and then Nick Denton having to declare bankruptcy and sell the company to Univision. Like that, 
that whole saga has been, oh, and I didn't even mention, there was an FBI investigation of Hulk Hogan and Gawker sued the FBI to get them to release documents related to the Hulk Hogan sex tape that they could then use in court. I mean, it, it was just such a ridiculous and like wide ranging story. I had a lot of fun just reporting that over the course of like a year and a half. If I recall correctly, you were at the last party uh, that Gawker Media held, right? Yes, I was. And I think I recall from your reporting that they weren't really allowed to spend that much money on the party. Right, because they were in bankruptcy proceedings. So when you declare bankruptcy, pretty much all your expenses then have to be approved by a court because they Mm want to make sure that you're not going to declare bankruptcy and then like piss away all the money and then the creditors don't get anything. So like even salaries and benefits have to be approved. And so the creditors objected to Gawker spending money on this party. And I think Gawker said, oh, well, you know, we do parties every year. So it's kind of the normal course of business. And it's not going to be that expensive. It'll be like less than a thousand dollars. And then the judge sort of quipped, you know, you guys have probably spent more debating this because of how high the legal fees are than if you had just had the party. So yeah, they had to stay under a thousand, I think, for the party. And, you know, alcohol ran out pretty early, although that's not uncommon at Gawker events. And uh, yeah. Uh, Something that I'm curious about, um, you know, AJ Delario has been also, you know, part of this. And um, I mean, is he okay? Like, I mean, the thing with AJ is essentially Gawker, AJ and Nick Denton, the CEO of Gawker or the former CEO of Gawker, Mm. were all sued by Hulk Hogan. Um, AJ was sued because he was like the editor of Gawker and he was the one who wrote the post about the sex tape. Right. Um, and so all three of them were sued, and all three of them were essentially uh, found guilty and owed $140 million collectively. And then mm-hmm. Gawker declared bankruptcy. And by declaring bankruptcy, that means that you need to go through the court system and sort of file a claim to get the money. Um, you can't just seize it. And right. then Nick Denton had to declare bankruptcy to prevent Hogan from going after him. But AJ could not declare bankruptcy. And so Hogan's lawyers essentially went to the Florida court that had originally found them guilty and said, okay, we have a $140 million judgment and we can't enforce it against Gawker or Nick Denton. So we need to enforce it against AJ. And so they basically froze his checking account. His checking account had like, I don't know, $10,000 in it maybe. And now it says it has like negative 139 million because they froze it and he technically owes that money. And there's no it's way he can pay ATM. that. It's oh, yeah. Um, and oh. so I think he's got, he got a new job in California. Before that, he was living with family in, uh, in Florida. You know, I, I don't think that he's actually going to have to pay it. I mean, what's going to happen is that the case will be appealed and then the appeals court will either throw it out or even if they rule in favor of Hulk Hogan, then Gawker and Nick Denton will have to pay it. Um, You know, I don't think AJ, I mean, he can't pay $140 million. He doesn't have that much money. It's something like 60 million for emotional distress. (laughs) Hulk Hogan was like, oh, I had trouble sleeping and I lost my appetite. 
but like people who have wrongful death suits or medical malpractice often are limited to like three or four million. So the idea that Hulk Hogan would get 60 million for not being able to sleep is absurd. I think the appeals court will definitely reduce that. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, Um, we'll have to see. I mean... I mean, does this? I mean, will this like if, even if it is overturned? I mean, the Gawker's probably gone for good now. Gawker's gone. Well, Gawker is. I mean, yeah. the company was. I mean, Gawker Media technically still exists, right. but it had to sell all of its assets to Univision in order to get money that could be used to pay the creditors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sold almost all the assets. I think the only one it didn't sell was Gawker.com. And that was because Univision didn't want Gawker.com. It was such a toxic brand. And there were so many pending lawsuits against that site that it was too risky. Univision only wanted the other sites. Right. So they took Gizmodo, Jezebel, Kotaku, Lifehacker, Jalapnik, Deadspin, and they've made it part of Univision. And mm-hmm. they renamed it to the Gizmodo Media Group. It's no longer Gawker because it doesn't own Gawker. Right. And then Gawker Media still exists, but it's basically just Gawker.com and like Nick Denton. Right. And they're in bankruptcy. They're trying to like appeal the case and go through all that. But Gawker as a company no longer exists. The people still have jobs at Univision, but you know, yeah. the, well, the company mean, basically has been destroyed. Right. But we'll have to like stay tuned. Well, I mean, Big time. I, I mean, and you, you're going to be at the forefront of like the latest developments what happens next, right? I, I, mean, I certainly intend to be. Yeah. Right. Well, I wonder if there'll uh, be like a Gawker movie. That would be good. Peter, maybe it's screenplay time. <laughs> there is, I do know that there is a documentary in the works. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Well, well thanks so much. We, uh, we'll we, follow the updates of this story on your Twitter and also of your cat's Twitter. <laughs> thank you. Great. So that'll be good. We really appreciate you uh, um, uh, talking with us and, um, you're always one of the uh, best people to follow on Twitter for like the latest media news and you're just like a scoop machine. So <laughs> we, I, I just tell everybody that, you know, we want to know what's happening in New York media, follow Peter Stern. So we'd, we'd like to thank you again and, um, you yeah. know, good luck on <laughs> future scoops. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. happy to have Robert here. It's great. He's a fan of the show. He's like my Atlanta buddy. We he, we keep each other in check. It's, so it's good. Uh, yeah. So we're friends. So so everything's been good. I'm glad you could come to yeah, this. Yeah. 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 Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I've been a loyal fan for all three episodes. <laughs> we're hoping we have to get up to like five to get on iTunes. Is that right, Darian? I don't think that's true. It's true. And we're going to have a we're on I'm iTunes party. On iTunes. She only has three episodes. She must have been paying somebody. Yeah. <laughs> iTunes plus. So, uh, we'll be there soon. We love you guys for listening. Uh, thanks for making it to the end. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm straight out of content. Bye. Get Kiki verified. <laughs>